Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for December the 9th of 2019. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to keep you in the know about everything happening in the gaming industry. Of course, if you enjoy the show, you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and come back for more each and every weekday to stay up to date with the hottest gaming news. But now with that being said, we've got a lot to dive into today because a big Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker scene is going to be making its debut in Fortnite of all places, where you will have to go, what you will see. We'll talk about all of that in just a couple of moments. Then, Sony's last state of play is coming tomorrow. Of course, later in the week last week, or later in the week last week, I suppose, if you wanted to be grammatically correct about it, uh, we talked about the potential for a state of play, and the rumors began to circulate. Lo and behold, one is coming our way very, very soon. In fact, tomorrow. Then a new Crash Bandicoot game is rumored to be revealed at said event. Then the Elder Scrolls Legends development has been put on hold. The Epic Game Store is giving devs more control over how they make in-game purchases for their players. And finally, a full-size Commodore 64 revival is coming soon. And that is our lineup for today's show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, a new scene from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is premiering next week at Fortnite's Drive-In Theater. Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Fortnite? Do you like famous directors appearing in video games? Well, next week is going to be great for you as a new exclusive scene from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker will be shown at Risky Reels, a theater located in the digital world of Fortnite. I will say, they say next week. It's actually this week because I'm reading this later. Uh, the news was announced via an image on the official Fortnite Twitter account, which shows a poster that is appearing in the game currently. The poster explains that on December the 14th, six days before the film is in theaters, a new and exclusive scene from the movie will be shown live in Fortnite. The clip will be shown at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The poster also seems to tease the appearance of some sort of J.J. Abrams, the director of the newest Star Wars film. He also directed The Force Awakens, which kicked off this new trilogy of space shenanigans. Recently, Epic Games added a Stormtrooper skin to the game, so expect a lot of troopers hanging around Risky Reels next week waiting to see a clip from the new Star Wars film. And of course, The Rise of Skywalker is released fully in real-life theaters on December the 20th and is the end of the sequel trilogy and the Skywalker saga, which started with Episode 4, weirdly, back in the 1970s. Now, of course, this is a cool concept in and of itself, and needless to say, the clip will, to some degree, probably be shared online, so you don't have to dive into Fortnite to actually see the clip itself. Uh, but it's very cool to see because it shows how big the gaming industry has gotten, and I'm also curious as to how much Epic paid for this collaboration, or alternatively, how much did the team behind the marketing budget of Rise of Skywalker pay Epic Games to have their movie in the game? It's Kind of a give-and-take scenario. I'm not really sure how much money exchanged each individual hand pair, uh, but it is something to think about, and it's something to really mull over because probably a pretty big chunk of change. Uh, but this kind of event is something that I want to reiterate. Fortnite and the team at Epic Games... They do this incredibly well, where you have a giant event that marks a specific moment in the game that can't really be replicated. Uh, it's one of those you-had-to-be-there kind of moments, and that's often hard to actually achieve in a video game. Uh, more often than not, a game's events can be replicated, you can go back through it again, play through it again, whatever it might be. But with Fortnite, there are so many of these one-off events that it definitely feels like something that's unique and something that is cool uh, overall, even if you aren't necessarily into Fortnite. 
But of course, if you did want to check out the new Rise of Skywalker clip, uh, by all means, you can check it out at Risky Reels on 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December the 14th. And there, J.J. Abrams will be there in some kind of way, shape, or form to show you a new clip from The Rise of Skywalker, again, in theaters on December the 20th. Hashtag no sponsor. Uh, but moving on, Sony's last State of Play for 2019 will air tomorrow. No next-gen information will be shared, but what could there be? Sony's next episode of State of Play, its semi-regular PlayStation News series, will air on Tuesday, December the 10th. This last update of 2019 will be streamed live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Viewers can expect 20 minutes of new game reveals, release date announcements, new gameplay footage, PlayStation Worldwide Studios updates, and more, according to a post on the PlayStation blog. Aside from that, Sony did not hint at any potential announcements for the episode of State of Play. Instead, just a warning, there won't be any news on its next-gen console, the PlayStation 5. Elsewhere in the world, Xbox boss Phil Spencer is humble bragging about how far along Microsoft's Project Scarlet is. This week, Spencer tweeted that he's already using Scarlet as his primary console to connect to the community and use his Elite Series 2 controller. We talked about that on an episode last week. Sony's last state of play was in September, and there was a lot of news, including a release date for The Last of Us Part 2, which was then pushed back, but we expect to hear a bit about Sucker Punch Productions' Ghost of Tsushima. However, we got nothing in September. Maybe December is the right time. And perhaps it's this day to play where we will get more info. Now, this kind of segues into the next uh, piece of news, which is that a new Crash Bandicoot game reveal is planned for this week. Rumors of a new entry in the Crash Bandicoot franchise have been circling for a while now thanks to the success of the Insane Trilogy and Nitro-Fueled remasters, but overnight things reached a whole new level as almost concrete evidence surfaced that an announcement is coming. Even social media influence have been sent Crash Bandicoot memorabilia out of the blue, a situation very similar in vain to that of the lead-up to the Game Awards unveiling of Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled. As you can see in the tweet below, each of them have received a Christmas-themed figure in the post, nothing too suspicious on the face of it, but when you take into account the Crash Bandicoot Christmas cookies were also sent out to fans around the exact same time last year. It becomes a lot more interesting. This possible tease, combined with the speculation that a brand new title is on the way, leads us to believe that next week is Crash's moment in the spotlight. And of course, here is your conglomeration of various Crash Bandicoot individuals getting uh, memorabilia and whatnot. I must admit, very, very cool to see. Uh, but I'm excited for this, and of course, overall, the state of play is always a pretty big moment uh, for a lot of people, including myself just because of how exciting it is uh, to finally get new information about stuff you've been waiting to hear for a very long time about. And so, personally, I'm excited for the Crash Bandicoot. Uh, personally, I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima. But overwhelmingly, I'm excited to hear more about the various games Sony has planned over the course of the first half of 2020. Do we have any kind of new games coming out uh, before the next generation airs? Because I think right now, there's a big risk of 2020, kind of, at least the first half, being rather empty. Of course, there are plenty of multi-platform games coming out in the first half, but when it comes to exclusive of PlayStation content, uh, it seems like a lot of those big, big games are being saved for the next generation. And I think tomorrow we are going to be seeing exactly just how many games are being saved entirely for the next generation. Uh, because it seems like this is either going to go one of two ways. The first way is that, yes, a lot of stuff is going to be PlayStation 5 exclusive, and PlayStation 4 is going to be largely left in the dust, allowing developers to fully embrace the new tech. Alternatively, another option would be to 
have multi-platform, uh, cross-platform games, I suppose would be the better way to put that, where you can play on PS4, but a better version of the game is available on the PlayStation 5. Uh, we saw that towards the beginning of the PlayStation 4 generation, and it did potentially impact the sales of some of the games, but whenever you have an install base as large as Sony's with the PlayStation 4, to abandon it outright and embrace the next generation fully right out of the gate might not be the best alternative move. And so there's a lot to think about here, a lot to break down, uh, but we will know everything whenever the show itself does go live. Uh, if I remember correctly, at 2 p.m. Eastern Stand... No, I think it's... Uh, let's see. State of Play December 2019. I believe it's... 9 a.m. Yeah, it's 9 a.m. Eastern Time on December the 10th. So if you did want to tune in to Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or alternatively, uh, you could also find it live on Twitter, I believe, if I remember correctly. That's, that's what the article said. Something along those lines. Uh, you can uh, definitely tune in and get it where you want it. Again, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but exciting to see another state of play is, in fact, coming down the pipe. And a new Crash Bandicoot looks to be on the way. Of course, the Game Awards is also coming later this week, so that's going to be a whole beast in and of itself. But the Elder Scrolls Legends development has been put on hold. Bethesda have indefinitely halted development on the Elder Scrolls Legends, the free-to-play card game set in their RPG world of swords and shouts. The game is still up, you can still play it, and Bethesda will still run events in it, but no new content, substantial updates are being worked on or planned. We decided to put any new content development or releases on hold for the foreseeable future, a Bethesda CM said in a Reddit post. This includes the one more set they had planned for release this year, but the game is still online, still playable. While ending development on a live game often indicates a company are already forming plans to shut it down, Bethesda said nothing about that today. For now, it's business as usual-ish. We will also continue to support the game with monthly reward cards and regular in-game events. New expansions and other future content, however, are no longer under active development. We will continue to provide ongoing maintenance support. You can still play it on Steam, through the Bethesda Launcher, or on Apple and Android tablets. We are immensely grateful to work on the Elder Scrolls Legends to have you as a community, and we sincerely appreciate the love and support you've given us, ended the message from the team. The Elder Scrolls Legends was originally made in Direwolf Digital, then Sparky Pants Studios took over ongoing development in 2018. Our former boy, Brindy, quite liked the card game, saying in his The Elder Scrolls Legends review that it had attention to detail that is admirable and should be noted by others in the room once you get past the generic Elder Scrolls dressing. Uh, so I think this is beginning to show uh, cracks in the levee, so to speak, about the entire card game genre. Uh, not that all of the card games are going to fall, but there was a giant boom uh, in late 2018, early 2019 for card games, and of course, pretty much everybody was getting getting in on it. Now it seems that things are beginning to kind of slow down. Of course, card games are still massive, but with the Elder Scrolls Legends, I don't think it really gained the audience that it needed to continue development into uh, 2020, maybe even beyond, as you see uh, with Hearthstone, for instance, which is still a pretty big worldwide phenomenon. And on top of that, you have so many other smaller card games uh, that are taking up people's times. I'm a big fan of Slay the Spire myself, but you see other games that are taking that same kind of concept and spinning it off. So the Elder Scrolls Legends, again, on hold as far as development goes. Probably not going to be seeing any new content for this game, but it doesn't mean that it's going away. I don't know why they would take it down, honestly, at this point, because the game has been developed, of course, many card games on mobile phones, probably still going to be profitable for a good time into the future, but to shift development towards future projects is probably a wise move, and again, who knows what could come from Bethesda over the course of the next few years, aside from the brand new Elder Scrolls game and 
whatever else they have up their sleeve. But no more card game, at least not in the form of Legends. However, speaking of the Epic Games Store, as we talked about Fortnite earlier, they are now giving devs more control over in-game purchases. The Epic Games Store has pulled a lot of exclusives with its promise of advances to developers and publishers, and it's more generous revenue split compared to Steam. And now it's taking another step to make things better for the companies releasing games on it. A change in the Epic Games Store policy means devs are now free to use whatever payment and purchase systems they want within their games. As reported by Gamasutra, this change, excuse me, until this change games on the store had to use an Epic-approved payment system for in-game purchases. We support developers' right to choose among the best stores, in-app payment processors, online services, and engines, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney told them. This will mean the devs will potentially be able to retain a larger share of the revenue generated from in-game sales, whether those be microtransactions or the purchase of more substantial downloadable content. From a consumer point of view, and indeed for a lot of developers, this change probably will not mean much, but there is now potential for developers to make more money from their in game sales. The latest major Epic Game Store exclusive is Phoenix Point, a spiritual successor to XCOM, if you did want to check it out. However, this is a pretty big deal overall uh, because of how big in-game purchases have become in terms of the revenue source for a lot of developers. And on top of that, uh, for Epic Games, I believe microtransactions are the biggest part of Fortnite, obviously, and the biggest part of a lot of the games that they host on their Epic Games storefront. And so now you see even more freedom for developers on the Epic Games store, which is going to be enticing for a lot of developers that might have microtransaction-heavy games, at least in fairness to the player. Uh, But exciting to see that developers are not able to choose what is best for them and of course a lot of people say uh oh yeah developers that's all they need is just more money more ways to make money more ways to ring the rag more ways to milk the gamer i understand that perspective but at the same time you have to put yourself into the shoes of the developers and say hey if i am able to do the exact same thing but make more money doing it way a instead of way b why would i not choose way a just because of the restriction from the platform that I'm on, that makes no sense to me. I would rather developers get more bang for their buck, get more development costs, be able to compensate their workers more, and therefore be able to have a happier workplace and make better product overall. But that's just my two cents on that. Uh, So if you are curious as to what was happening in the Epic Games Store, that is what's going on, and developers now have more control over their in-game purchases for their games. However, one thing that will not have any microtransactions, full-size Commodore 64. It's revival. It's coming soon. Homebrew enthusiasts will be happy to know that proper... Excuse me, that a proper Commodore 64 is on its way. Unlike last year's Commodore 64 Mini, this updated version... Dubbed the C64, includes a full-sized keyboard and an updated joystick controller, something we weren't too fond of in its mini counterpart. As reported by Polygon, Retro Games Limited, the creators of the C64, said the updated unit will begin shipping to Europe sometime this month. No word has been given on a U.S. release as of this time. The C64's biggest new feature is the full-sized working keyboard, which will appear to retro home computer fans. Appeal, not appear. You don't have to have a specific fan fandom to have the keyboard appear in front of you, uh, but allowing them to add their own programs via multi-disc compatibility. The classic mode will feature both C64 and VIC-20 modes and supports 720p HD output at 50 or 60 hertz for any HDMI-capable monitor or TV. Also, an updated joystick controller now features micro-switches and can be connected via USB to enhance your gameplay. Speaking of games, the game's carousel mode includes 64 pre-installed games, including California Games, Boulder Dash, and Paradroid, as well as the recently released Galencia and Planet of Death. Additionally, you'll be able to save your games and files via a USB stick to take with you on the go. 
And so, if you wanted to dive into the C64, this is a uh, image of the Mini, obviously. Uh, but of course, you can take this image right here and just blow it up and imagine it, uh, and that's what you're going to be getting. So very cool to see overall. Of course, I love this giant wave of retro-driven releases. I'm a big fan of the Mini consoles, but on top of that, to be able to see full revivals uh, in the form of full-sized consoles. That's definitely going to appeal to somebody, and to be able to play some of the biggest games from that era uh, without having to go through collectors and without having to scour eBay uh, is something that I think adds a lot of freedom, and it definitely opens up the history of, of video games to a lot more people. Uh, but if you did want to get this, again, shipping to Europe right now, no news about a U.S. release, but depending on the success of the European release, I would say you could be seeing a big, big launch overseas as well. But with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack report if you enjoyed this one drop me a like down below and of course you can always come back tomorrow for a brand new show to keep you in the know but subscribe on podcast services and until tomorrow you guys have a phenomenal rest of your monday i'll talk to you soon and peace